Hello, this is Ian Beckles, and you're listening to Cigar City Radio. Cigar City Radio is sponsored by No Clubs and StateMedia.com. Find out about upcoming concerts in Tampa Bay by visiting StateMedia.com and tagging No Clubs on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Use the hashtag WeAreConcerts. So this is what No Clubs has coming up in May. Tuesday, May 7th, a Janus Live, a sold-out show with Tosh Sultana and the Pierce brothers. Again, that's sold out. So hopefully you got tickets for that. I don't know if there are any available at the door. You'll have to find out. Thursday, May 16th, Whitechapel is on the Chaos and Carnage Tour 2019, along with Dying Fetus, Revocation, and a bunch of other black and death metal bands that I can't pronounce their names. So you know it's going to be good. That's at Janice Live. It's an early show. Doors are at 4.30. Tuesday, May 28th, Another sold-out show at Janice Live, the return of Trey Anastasio Band, which I don't know what that means. When did when did they come previously? When they're returning, the Trey Anastasio Band? Either way, that show is sold out, too. And Friday, May 31st, closing out a busy month, Black Bear, the Dead to the World Tour with Gashi at Janice Live. That one's not sold out, but it might sell out so i would definitely pick up tickets for that now pick up tickets for all the shows coming up we have a lot of cool shows coming to town in the summer including bowling for soup and real big fish august burns red baroness umphreys mcgee pedro the lion so much cool stuff coming our way head to statemedia.com for all the information on the shows and to pick up tickets and use the hashtag we are concerts Welcome to Cigar City Radio, episode number 98. The song you just heard was Dizzy by Jackson Boone. It's from the album Organic Light Factory, which is a, a great coffee shop record if I've ever heard one. Check that out on uh, on all the digital stores. I'm your host, Randy Ojeda, and making the magic happen, a man who likes his espresso, Mr. Jason Solanas. So I heard a story a few months ago about a company that's making uh, like fitness trackers. Okay. God damn it, Jason! <laughs> Just I'm going to stop you right, right there. I'm going to stop you right there. That was Jason Zalanas. Everybody, give him a big round, round of applause. Yeah, 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 yeah. Moving on. Our guest on this episode is Roberto Torres, the owner of Black and Denim Apparel Company, and. The Blind Tiger Cafe, which if you're a longtime Cigar City Radio listener, you'll have heard about Blind Tiger before. It's one of the places where we first started recording the podcast. Roberto's been uh, one of our earliest supporters. He's been supporting the podcast since day one, and this interview is honestly long overdue. I can't believe we waited so long to finally have him on the show, but it was a great time, a great hang. We met him at the Blind Tiger Seminole Heights location 
Um, but they also have locations in Soho, in Ybor City, and now in West Chase. And they're opening more. They have no plans of stopping, which is great to hear. Roberto is such an amazing person. He's an inspiration to myself, you know, as a small business owner and entrepreneur. And he's he's living the American dream. He's an immigrant who came to this country, has worked his ass off every single day, and now he's got an incredible business, multiple incredible businesses, and he's very involved at the local and state level to try to make things better for other entrepreneurs and other immigrants who come to the area. So a uh, big shout out to Roberto for being the badass that he is. We're so honored to have him on this podcast. He drops a lot of wisdom that honestly people should be listening to. He's, he's a very smart guy. He knows what he's doing. So here it is. Episode number 98. world-famous Blind Tiger Cafe here in Seminole Heights. If you're a longtime listener of the Cigar City Radio podcast, you will know the Blind Tiger very well because we've recorded a lot of episodes at the Ebor location. Right. Uh, but surprisingly, this is actually the first time I've been here in the Seminole Heights location, and it's really close to my house, so I don't know what I'm doing, man. I'm Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we're sitting here with the proprietor of Blind Tiger, um, as well as Black and Denim, right. and a number of other businesses, I think. I, I feel like you're doing so much stuff all the time. But the Lab. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite coffee shop, The Lab. Oh, oh there yeah. you go. Yeah, there I used go. to live right next to it. I would go to it every fucking day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. religiously. Oh, man, yeah. thank you. Thank no, you. no, thank you. That place is awesome. So, yeah, we're, we're joined by Mr. Roberto Torres. So, how are you doing today, Roberto? Good, good. Life is good. Can't complain. Good? Yeah. Alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good start. Right on. So, so let's let's start from the beginning because I want to know, you know, the man, the myth, the legend of Roberto. So, w where are you from, right. and how did you get started doing what you're doing? Yeah. So in the beginning, there was sky and water, and God. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. um, I was born and raised in Panama, um, which um, it's 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 kind of different. Not so much from Tampa, but from the rest of the U.S. Um, if you go now, it looks like Miami, which is kind of sad. But um, nonetheless, I, I, I went to school there, uh, went to high school there. I uh, came here in 95 um, to go to college. I graduated with an accounting and finance degree, became an auditor. So I was on track of doing like a corporate thing. Um, when I came, I wasn't planning on staying. I was just gonna come to school and then go right back. But then got a job offer and and I could have gone between Miami, Atlanta, Orlando, South Florida. So I picked South Florida because um, at the time when I graduated, it was a year after September 11th. So it was kind of depressing, oh, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, ground Zero was a hole and there wasn't what is now and, and it was it was kind of crazy and couldn't drive Atlanta was was different because the traffic was just insane you know mm -hmm. so um Orlando is just Mickey Mouse land and I'm not a big fan 
Mouses. Understandable. <laughs> sure. Or mouses. Still not a big fan of mouses. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, so I ended up picking South Florida, and, and, and it was good for the first year. And then I moved to Fort Lauderdale, and it was okay. And then I moved to Palm Beach, and then I was like, "This is this is dumb." But I really don't like South Florida that much. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up I ended up moving here, um, and then you know the whole thing about go to school, get a job, everything is gonna take care of itself. The the bottom floor fell off when the recession happened, and then I I figured that accounting was sort of insulated, but not really. Uh, I ended up getting laid off with half of the firm at the time that we had just gotten hired like two years prior. So started plotting and figuring out what it is that I wanted to do um, in order to try to kind of work for myself instead of just working for somebody else. And um, started kicking the idea of, of an apparel company, got a partner, his name is Luis, and then... Um, we, we we started figuring out what the pieces are, putting out on Craigslist, you know, hey, we're looking for a graphic designer and like and like like everything, it, it worked out perfectly. No, that it didn't. Um, <laughs> we got like a hundred replies, and every reply was worse than the previous one. I do, I didn't understand how that could have been. <laughs> yeah. The reply number one was good, and I was like, okay, well, it's gonna get better. It actually got worse, mm. and. Uh, we ended up meeting our partner Chris. Um, he 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 came in, did the designs. We hired them, and um, and then he became our most expensive part of the business. So we went out to King Corona, give them give them give them an offer um, to kind of be part of the team, to be three partners. And then he took it. And then ever since then, we haven't looked back. Yeah, that's a good it's a good thing to have for an apparel company as a solid designer right. on the team. Because right. yeah, I could see that being obviously the one of the biggest parts of, of designing clothing, right, you know? Right, right. It's, um, it's, um, I, 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 I was just the accounting portion. He was just the design portion and my other partner was the marketing. So we, we very on or very early understood that we didn't know anything from each other. And so whenever we had to make a decision, we had to trust each one of those, you know, and he has worked so far. Every time I see business people or other people say, "Hey, you guys, you guys still together?" Because partnerships are not are not um, uh, bulletproof as people might think or, or or it might not seem. And and we we didn't make it for so long that I think it, it became sort of like ethereal. This idea that we'll some sometime we'll someday we'll we'll, we'll do something, you know. Um, and, and I think that's good because it teaches you to be humble. It teaches you to, to put your nose down and grind and, and just keep doing what it is that you need to do, you know? And then you, you kind of like develop a plan, trust the process, and then you just repeat. So th this apparel company, this was Black and Denim? Right, right. Okay. It was Black and Denim. Um, you know, early stages, 2008, really came out August 27, 2010. Uh, and, and, and the reason for that was... We, we convinced the boutique down in South Tampa to, to kind of like take a look and, and he said, hey, we have some, some, we're a local brand and blah, blah, blah. And the guy was like, well, you know, we get calls like this every week. Not really, uh, we're not interested. So send me something and then we'll take it out. And, and he, he did and he said he wasn't interested. So then we went on like a Monday, like at eight o'clock in the morning and waited for him to get there. So he got there, we asked him like for 15 minutes of his time so that he can kind of take a look and give us some feedback. 
And we ended up talking for like three hours. Wow. And he still didn't buy anything, which is odd. Um, but we got a call like about a month later and say, hey, man, I know this lady in New York and she's, she's a showroom and she reps other brands. Maybe you should talk to her. So we said, okay. Like everybody else, we got into a plane and went to New York. Not really. No, we got in the car and drove 17 hours. Jesus. All wow. the way to New York and stayed for a, for, a, for a week with one of our friends in a one-bedroom apartment with his girlfriend. So we were sleeping in the living room. They were sleeping in their bedroom. And, and, and we pounded the pavement. We, 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 not only, we not only went to see that lady, but we also visited almost like 40 other showrooms in New York in a span of a week in the summer, which is super hot. Um, they have this thing called the, gar the, the, the garment district and there's like a little office. So we say, hey, I want every single men's male showroom. And we kind of ticked it off, you know, if it was like super high end or suits or country wear or whatever, we kind of like, you know, obviously that didn't fit our model. So we kind of weeded out and, and, and most of the showrooms, they were either receptive to the idea or their fees were too high or um, it, it wasn't like a good buy or like a good mix. And the minute that we linked up with uh, Sherry, is her name, um, the name of her showroom is Out of a Limb. So she's like, that's what she does everything, Out of a Limb. Yeah. And, and she's like, oh man, yeah, I can, I can. So she immediately started booking us appointments and, and started working on things. On the way down, uh, the owner of that boutique called and said, hey, you know, I was thinking about it. You guys are from here. It's different. We, we do some trunk shows, but not a lot of people show up because it's a brand that people cannot connect with. So maybe we can throw a party and then we can have everything on display. And depending on how many people order that night, then we'll put an order. That's exactly what we did August 27, 2010. And that day we pre-sold like 79 t-shirts from six to eight. Wow. And, and uh, he put an order and then we're like, yeah, our first order. So we went, made the stuff, brought it back. And then ever since he became our our really, really good, not only good customer or mentor, but a really good friend until he sold that business. And and we kind of follow the same model. Um, after that, uh, we won a business plan competition with Miller Coors. Uh, we won $50,000. It was a huge shot in the arm to help us develop backend systems, a website. And then, um, Macy's had this minority program called the workshop at Macy's and um, it was a one week boot camp. We applied the first year, we got denied. We applied the second year, they brought us in. It's like 2,800 applications. They interviewed 40 people and they brought 17 back. And it was the only men's, young men's apparel in the whole collective. And, and we got an opportunity to meet the CEO, the CFO, executive expression of fashion, all the people that are in the industry. We met Russell Simmons. I mean, it, it wow. was it was yeah. really really cool. It was like it was like you know everything that New York is with like the glitz and glamour. So, um, if we wouldn't have gone through that, I don't think that we would have been prepared for the phone calls that followed, which was Steinmart called us six months later, and then we were in 300 Steinmart stores across the country. And then Walt Disney, one of the buyers for Walt Disney said, hey, I think you guys are made in America, blah, blah, blah. And then now we do all the outfit for the American-made experience inside Epcot. Oh, wow. And, and I didn't know that. That's yeah, really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and, and we did all of this operating out of a back of a warehouse in Clearwater. 
And, and not a lot of people knew that. And then um, when we started thinking about, you know, because we all live in Tampa, to, to, to start figuring out how are we going to um, kind of get like a little bit of, of foot in the ground. Um, somebody called us from the Blue Ship Cafe, the old Blue Ship Cafe, which is now like an apartment building or something like that. It's right next to Zydeco. Mm-hmm. Zydeco was a club. Um, where we, where the Blind Tiger is now, it was like, it was like the architects that is there are right across from where the old Blue Ship Cafe is, right next to that Ebor mural. Yeah. And and these guys say, hey, uh, I have a little, I have a little thing. We bring jazz, um, um, we bring jazz um, uh, musicians and blah 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 and yada yada and um, the the. the his idea was like, hey, you know, we have these musicians and they're coming and we want to outfit them with black and denim stuff. I said, okay. For three months, I completely blew him off. <laughs> That's just the truth. Yeah. And um, and then one day, you know, we had an intern that was working at a, he was working for, um, not American Eagle, but uh, uh, Urban Outfitters. And and we came, he saw it, I went down there with him, and then I was like, well, what is this place? He's like, oh, it was like a smoothie stand or something like that, and the lady had left, and I said, well, maybe we can change this and make it look a little store. And the kid was like all for it, I was a little hesitant, but we, we created sort of like this retail lab of a store setting so that we can better understand what our primary customer, which are other boutiques, actually experience from that customer interaction. And then we can tell them, hey, we actually have a store and these are our best sellers and this is how we sell it and blah, blah, blah. So, so it became sort of like this experiment. Uh, it was 2012. It was literally the size of half of this room. It was like 250 square foot. Um, but Tampa was extremely desperate for wins. So we told the mayor, mayor came and opened this thing. He's on YouTube. It's freaking hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, check that out. He came, he came, opened, opened this little 250 square foot store. And, um, and then two months later, the building, condemned, the, the, the city condemned the building. So we had to move across the street where the architects are. But there was this lady, her name was uh, Margie Hoffman Porges, and she had a gallery. She had sold that gallery to Dave Scott, which owns the Bad Monkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that lady, uh, Margie, uh, she used to own a, a, a cafe called Cafe Ovo, uh, which was in time, she was there in the corner where the blind tiger is from like 89 to 2003. So we took this idea of, okay, we have this boutique, we moved it across the street to the gallery for six months, then that building sold, and then we're like, okay, where are we going to go? And then we looked at Channel Side. Channel Side was dead, completely dead. There was nothing there other than like a surf shop and like the Hooters, uh, the Hooters, yeah. yeah, and the pizza place, right? And um, so, so we went there for six months from like two thousand, yeah, in two thousand and thirteen for like six months, and then until like the whole thing sold again. I was like, man, what is it? And people buying buildings, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we keep getting kicked out. So we ended up going back to Ebor, and we met our landlord. Signed the lease for the Blind Tiger, and at the time it was a request proposal from the airport to put a to put a combine like a retail and like a food and beverage concept. So we made that so that we can prove the concept for this airport contract. 
And that was our intention, just to do one, and that was it. That, that was it. We're like, okay, this is kind of difficult. Um, it's, it's really, it's really different from what we do. Um, so we're just gonna, we're just gonna do one, and that's it. And the reason why we call it a blind tiger was because uh, it's, a euphem, it's a euphemism for a speakeasy. So during the 1920s, during prohibition, uh, nobody would say, "Hey, come check out this club," or speakeasy or whatever they would say come see this blind tiger animal attraction is blind can hurt you yeah they will they will they will pay a nickel entry and then they'll put alcohol in the coffee cup so when the cops came they were drinking coffee so our idea of of concealment was this concealed this boutique inside of the coffee shop and when we started that space was half a boutique like a full-fledged boutique with jeans t-shirt hats bags hoodies all that stuff and the other half was a coffee shop it only had like eight seats and we had no clue what we were doing. We thought we were going to open like at 11 o'clock in the morning and be like this cool boutique concept. And that really quickly evolved to you need to open at 7 in the morning because people want coffee in the morning. Yeah. And, and then we started hearing the feedback, no, no seats, no seats, no seats. So we started adding more seats and starts pushing a lot of the inventory uh, and a lot of the merchandise to the walls. And, and, and it is what it is today. Um, and now why coffee, of all things? Why go from right. uh, an apparel company to an apparel company that also has a coffee shop? Yeah, I think, I think um, you know, it's, it's, it's I, I, I hope or I wish that I had a better explanation to this. But uh, we saw this other concept that was, that was starting up. It, it was called Rye 51. They called it a, a textile distillery. And 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 what that meant, it was like it was not. It was a liquor shop that where they sell whiskey and then they sell clothes. Um, for us, the concept of the coffee shop was really attractive. One because there was only one in Ebor at the time, and we thought that we needed more coffee shops. Um, yeah. I'm originally from Panama. I, I like drinking coffee, uh, and, and and we started, you know, from the feedback that we heard from this envision and plan from like 2005, and then they redid another one in 2010. Um, some of the businesses that were lacking in the retail mix around 7th Avenue in the historic district was coffee shops. So that became apparent. Um, after, after we learned the coffee business, um, we had an opportunity to expand to Seminole Heights. And then at that time, we, we definitely started roasting because we needed to create our own vertical. And, and then, you know, people started calling us and say, hey, you know, you should put a store here or you should put a store there. And in that process, we started listening, but we always try to keep for, or figuring out what is it that makes our e-work store successful and, and what are the check marks that that, that, that um, what are the checks that we can check off that list. Um, so number one is pedestrian traffic, connectivity, proximity to the highway. Um, um, sort of like in, a, like in a dense district that there's always activity. And, and what that did is that it opened my eyes to urban planning and, and how, how we design stores, you know, how can we make our existing infrastructure work for future retail since that's, that's mostly what people want to spend their time. They don't want to go to the mall. They don't want to, you know, order everything on Amazon. They, they, they want this other consumer experience. So in, in, in order to, to, to do that, I started trying to familiarize myself with, you know, mobility and transit and and, and how and how how cities market, you know, special districts and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I think that that really makes sense because 
I feel like, you know, just from following you on Facebook and Instagram, like you're a big part of the building the community here and, you know, urban planning, like you said, and trying to, you know, really be an advocate for small businesses here in Tampa. And I think that's one of the things I appreciate about the Blind Tiger, because it's kind of like you mentioned King Corona. And, you know, what what makes what made King Corona so amazing is that it's it was a place where people could go and have conversations and businesses could form and right. people could make those kind of connections. Yeah. And the blind tiger is very similar where like, yeah. you know, we're meeting a couple interns here after this, after yeah. this conversation, you know, like Probably. that's the kind of thing where there needs to be more of that in, right. in cities. Cause that's how people do, do yeah. business. I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly bullish. You know, I think I can open like 15 more in Tampa alone and I'm not going to some Pete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just, it's just so far. It's in a whole other city. Uh, they have enough coffee over there. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. But yeah, no, you're you're definitely a big a big part of the community. I feel yeah. like. You Thank know. you. Thank you. Um, one thing I, I wanted to ask you about because I think it's interesting. Like you've done kind of the day in the life of a small business owner a few times on Facebook, where you post right. like, you know, you're here <laughs> and you're dropping off product, and then you're over there and you're doing this and you're over here, and it's amazing like how much you do in a day and how how much. You know, it's, it seems like it's really tough to, to do all of this. Uh, so, like, what, what is your typical day like? Yeah, uh, uh, the typical day starts early, like around 5, get up, make some coffee, um, be at the door by 6, 6.30. Um, you know, d- depending, now we have stores that have kitchens, so depending on what do they need, uh, I like that sort of customer interaction where I can go to like a, to like a huge wholesale produce market and buy everything by the box, so... So go down there, uh, see other people, um, and then and then try to bounce as, as many stores as I can before 12. Uh, and the reason for that is because um, there, 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 there's not a better gauge of what's happening unless it's you actually walking through those particular stores. I know that, you know, I hope that this doesn't come too soon, but I know it's going to be a point where that's going to be physically impossible and I'm going to sure. have to rely on other people. To, to to know or to uh, uh, help me make sure that the consumer experience is, uh, you know, flawless. And until that day comes, I, still, I, th- I, think, I think that's my job to kind of keep doing that, you know? Um, if, if, if that's not the case, then um, I'm, 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 I'm trying to, to keep myself and, and guard my time more now because is um, it's it's, inc- it's 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 incredibly difficult to to try to do let's say six or eight hours work of hours work worth of work if I only have four hours or if I'm taking meetings or, or or if I'm stuck in traffic or something like that. So so my idea of of, of a typical day is 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 really sort of like in, in a repetitive motion, kind of like a grind. But um, but I like those because if, if, if we bring in somebody new to the team or anything like that, they can shadow me. And then, you know, if, if I'm actually looking at the process, I can find deficiencies and we can get better. Yeah. No, that's a really that's a really great way to do it. And I, I think, you know, to be this, you know, to have a successful business, you have to be there, you know, hitting the pavement and seeing it firsthand as opposed to just reading a spreadsheet and yeah. saying like, okay, yeah. this is the numbers. That, so we need to be more efficient. Like, no, you have to like, what you have to see what your business is actually doing. Yeah. 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 You, you, you actually have to be there and, and talk to people too, because, um, not necessarily customers, but our own employees are the ones that nine, nine times out of 10 come with like 
the best ideas, you know? I, have, I know nothing. They're the ones that are behind the bar making everything happen, you know? Um, our philosophy for hospitality is extremely simple. Um, you know, two, two, I guess, points of thought. The first one is kind of like our, like our code of ethics or like our mantra, if you want to work in the blind tiger, blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> um, number one is you want to want to make coffee or the best coffee that you can for as long as you have been making it. So if you have been making coffee for three months, um, that means that um, you are going to be making coffee like a person that's been doing it for two months. So it's going to be okay, but not great. Um, and then if you have been doing it for 10 years, and that's going to be a super amazing coffee. So, so we, we can always teach that part. That's, that's, really, that, that's really ancillary. The second one is the most important one, I think. It's uh, treat every customer and employee with a smile. Like, when, you, when you're smiling at somebody, there's no way they can come back. I don't care what type of day they're having. Mm. Um, that's really important because it sets the tone for communication. Um, we, we, we really try or strive to treat every customer um, with a smile on our face because um, when they, whenever they come here, I don't want them to feel like they have to read a book about coffee in order to understand or know, okay, well, what's a cortado and what's a, you know, white, uh, flat white or, you know, what's a cappuccino or whatever else, you know? Uh, we we, we, we kind of make it really simple for them to walk them through the menu and then if, if they're familiar with other other shops like the Evil Mermaid, then we can kind of say, okay, well, you're, you're used to this and then, you know, we, we like this, you know, you might kind of like this. Um, and then the third one is to have fun. And, and, and that one is tough because um, some people take it really seriously and they have a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Some people, some people, don't 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 even want to approach it that way. They just they just treat it as a job, and then they come in and they get out. And um, I think when, when when we combine those three, it, it makes it really simple. And, and a lot of people tell us that you know uh, our our culture, our business culture, um, sets sets us apart from other shops. You yeah, know? Um, I would agree with that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know a lot of people take it way too seriously you know we're not curing cancer we're not rocket scientists i mean but we're still trying to make a decent quality cup of coffee you yeah. know um and, and it shouldn't be that that difficult and then the, the, the other point you know the other train of thought is that um when it comes to hospitality we don't call it customer service we call it hospitality because we, we really want to we really want to provide the, the most hospitable experience every time that you walk through here you're you're either trying to quench your thirst or mitigate your hunger those two and um, there, there, there are two things in, in the scale that are going to help us keep that experience even kill first one is the product we're always tinkering with it trying to roast the best beans and making sure that we have everything lined up and ready that so that is perfect and then the second one is hospitality is customer service if if, if one of those two is not there one day for whatever reason, the other one is going to be there to pick you up, you know? Yeah. If for any reason that coffee came out wrong or too hot or too cold or lukewarm or whatever, um, it, is, it is the way that you make them feel that it's going to say, okay, well, yeah, that's fine. It was an off day. I'll be back tomorrow and it will be back to normal. Um, it, when, when, whenever, whenever I was listening to a podcast last night from Freakonomics Radio and... Um, he talked about why you shouldn't open a restaurant. And, uh -huh. and the advice that I gave, that guy gave was to the T, it was perfect. Um, 
I think this is not for the faint of heart. Uh, it's not for somebody that doesn't want to work hard. It's not for the money. I think I think you have to have a genuinely sense of 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 of, of want to serve people. Um, and then, and then you have to have like sort of find joy in that to be able to do this kind of work. Yeah, you, yeah. you. It seems like you get a sense of pride for right, like right, right. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I mean, you know, to your point, there, there, there's people that said, you know, I started my business meeting at one of your shops. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, uh, I've had people said. I went to one of your business and I thought I could do it better, so I started a business. That's even better to me. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and and or, or I've seen people that say, "Well, you did it. If I could, if you if you could do it, I can do it too." That I get tremendous amount of joy from that. And and it's not because I'm an egotistical person. I think it's because um, anybody that can think that they can write their own ticket, I think they can do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, this. I mean, you know, not to get super preachy about right, it or whatever, right. but you're living the American dream right now. I mean, you came from this, you came from another country, came yeah. here to America yeah. and you built a business, you know, right. as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And became you know? a citizen seven years ago. I, yeah. I, I, I mm -hmm. was, I was really adamant about, I'm not necessarily not becoming a citizen, but um, it, it, it was sort of about this thing about, you know, and, and, and still, you know, it, 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 immigration, um, the immigration topic or the subject or, or, or the conversation, um, is one that we're going to have forever. Um, it's, it's, it's not going to be, um, I don't think we're going to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason why is because um, I think technology has helped us connect in a way that we didn't before. It has also helped us disconnect um, some of our relationships. And uh, it's making it incredibly easy for anybody to pick up and go somewhere else and start again. I mean, it's... it's, yeah. it's it's um, I I, th I think this thing about immigration it, it, through through that not just in the U.S. and in the world it's 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 gonna be something that is not gonna go away. Yeah, but I mean that's you know that's the that's the dream like that's why right. people came right. you know to this country and that's yeah. that's Ellis Island and that's you know right, 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 right. my parents right. are both immigrants you know right. so I'm I'm very it's something I feel passionately about. Yeah. I like to see people come and and you know live the American dream. Like, right. This is it. Right. Yeah. You know? So what advice would you have for, um, you know, just other entrepreneurs or somebody yeah, wanting yeah, to start yeah. their own business? Um, I think now, um, like I said, it is, it is way easier to start a business now than it was, I don't even know, five years, 10 years, 20 years ago. Um, you know, there's a basic set of rules that are going to dictate your success or how quickly you do it. You know, they don't have to do anything with like how much money you have or anything like that. It's really going to be about your work ethic. If 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 you make what what your business is going to be, if you're going to dev devote your entire life's work, then you're not going to work a day in your life yeah. because because that's what you do. You're not going to let it define you, but 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 you're so interested in it. That, that that exactly what it is. If, if if you like dogs and you're gonna have a dog daycare, yeah. then you're gonna see dogs for the rest of your life, and and you're gonna love those dogs. And um, it, same same thing goes for coffee, beer, wine. I don't know, carpet, rugs. You know, <laughs> yeah, whatever it is that you're passionate, you're about, passionate yeah. about. You know, you have to be passionate, and 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 it doesn't have to be a thing where it's a business at first. It can it can be a hobby. Or, or it can be a, a, a long, a long life passion. It can be like 
um, um, kind of like the guy from the office, Michael Scott. He said that he was make, he was selling candles in the flea market at a loss for like nine years, but because he liked candles. <laughs> uh, he, um, I, I, I honestly think that you know, as as long as you're passionate about a subject, uh, it can be plumbing, uh, which is the, probably the least appealing or sexy thing when it comes to trades. Um, but it has a drawback, right? You're dealing with plumbing, you're gonna get wet. If you're doing electricity, you might get shocked. It, yeah. it's, it's just, it just comes with the territory. If you're in coffee, you're gonna be overly caffeinated every day. So now it's not something that I enjoy. It's kind of like an occupational hazard. Yeah, <laughs> just but, something you gotta do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back to your point, you need to find something you're passionate about. Um, you have to devise a plan because if you don't devise a plan, uh, the problem with that is that it's just a pipe dream or it's just a dream. If if if, if you if you devise a plan and you put bullet points and you and you understand really quickly um, how is it that you're gonna that, that you're gonna grow or scale or or maybe talk to somebody that um, uh, has already or is already in that space, um, then you can say, oh, okay, well, this person did it. This is how they did it. So reading a lot of biographies helps. Um, and then I will also say reach out to them. Before it was pen pound, you know, you stick a stamp and then you send somebody a letter, you hope and pray that they email you back or they, they, that they send you a letter back. Now you can do that with email or social media or anything, you know? Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people are really accessible um, through LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, nine times out of 10, those people that are in that position, they're gonna, they're gonna try to reach back and say, hey, yeah, I, I see myself I see myself in you 20 years ago. So yeah, I want to help. Yeah. I've been really surprised by that in our own business, you know, reaching out to people that I thought were completely inaccessible who, do you you need the? No, 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 no. Okay. Reaching out to people who I thought were completely inaccessible, who are actually really generous of their time, you know? Okay. And that's, that's been great to see, you know? Very cool. But uh, anyway, so we're, I mean, we're pretty much out of time. I know you got a busy, (laughs) you got a busy day. You probably have to hit a a few more stores now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so what's next for the Blind Tiger and Black and Denim and for, for Roberto? Like, what are, you, um, what are you really excited about that you're working on now? Yeah, like I said, we, we, we're, we're really uh, fortunate and really excited to, to kind of work and, and, and create more spaces. Um, um, every single one, we try to make it a collaboration. Uh, so I think we have like three more this year that we want to open. Wow. Um, you just opened the West Chase one, right? We just opened the West Chase one, yeah. My, my mom texted me and she's like, that hat you always wear. They opened one over at... Uh, Oh, in, by the house, awesome. and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, the blind tiger. Like you should go in. That's you amazing. Know? Yeah, yeah. So and, three uh, more locations. Three more locations. Hopefully, yeah. Fingers oh. crossed. Can you tease any any uh, mm. where they might be? You know, uh, somewhere in the vicinity of downtown, probably in like two months. Oh, I need yeah. that. I need that. I saw yeah. that on your for, Facebook. Yeah, you, you can't hide that from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For when I go into the symphonic office, that's what I need is the, that's it. the blind tiger yeah, yeah, downtown. Yeah, yeah. That's perfect. That's awesome. great. So cool. Uh, any final thoughts for the Cigar City radio, radio listeners? Any last um, words? Um, uh, we, we lost a legend this week. Um, he was instrumental in our, in our business. And we keep Dom's memory, you know? Yeah, yeah. for sure. We, we got, we're, Jason was lucky enough to have a conversation with Don that was here on, on this podcast. So... Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this and, and you know who Don was, then you know check out that episode. It's yeah. a, it's that's one of the things I love about doing this podcast is 
you know, now we're, we can have these conversations <clears throat> that exist forever that people can go back and right. hear. This is who this person was, right? You know, right. not just read about it or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, and but uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, a lot of our early business meetings were at King Corona. That's where yeah. we figured out what we wanted to do. You know, like so, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah, people met there that got married. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Relationships lives, formed, businesses formed, and. You know, people weren't going in there just for the cigars. There are plenty of places to get cigars. People went in there without drinking alcohol or smoking cigars. Yeah. People went in there to drink coffee right. and smell right. cigars. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and get married. Ha- yeah. And hang out with Don and, yeah. and Brenda and yeah. Or getting a haircut. I mean, obviously, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. the, the king of mashups, right? Like, like this guy had a, had a barber shop. Instead of a, of a cigar yeah. shop, and, and, and that's how they were before. Before they had a barber shop, they had a shoe shop in there. His right. son sold boutique high-end shoes. Wow, I didn't know King that. Corona, yeah, for a short that's time. Insane. I mean, yeah, you want to talk about somebody that grinded and grinded and oh, worked yeah, hard man. every day. Don Barker. Every day was fucking life. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah what, what, what's interesting is that I had a conversation with him um, um, late January. Um, he told me, hey, I have an espresso machine that we ended up uh, getting for the house, but you know, it's here or whatever. And then I was like, dude, yeah, I'll take it. So yeah. I went and bought it. Now I'm not selling that thing forever. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and we sat down in the parking lot and we talked for like three hours, like on like a Tuesday. And, and, and that was the kind of guy, that was the kind of guy he was. He, he just, he was just extremely down to earth, common sense. And at the same time, no nonsense. Yeah. And, and, and he, he gave you a piece of his mind. Um, I remember the first time I met him, I, you know, I wanted to do a cigar business. And he's like, I'm going to tell you everything so that you don't do it. Yeah. And he was successful. Like, and, 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 and every time somebody would see somebody that would have been jaded or somebody that would have been, you know, um, sort of like tired or, or, or hear somebody like, oh, here comes another young guy with a stupid idea, you know. He wouldn't even give him time today, but but he just sat down, listened to me pitch, and then you know, okay, well, you're thinking about this, but this is actually here, and and I think that that exercise of experience, um, you know, the, the the more and more that we practice and see that, uh, the better and better it is to to the point where now I'm I'm I've, I've actually done the exercise of, of of looking at the way that I used to write emails um, and, and and where my mind was. When we first started, you know, um, gives me gives me a glimpse of, as as to as to who I was and how was I thinking, you know. Um, my perspectives have shifted tremendously in in from the time that I came here until I graduated from school, and then I'm like I completely wrote off higher education for whatever reason, and then I'm kind of like reeling back. Um, I, I, I do think that um, there is a place for higher education, maybe not in this current form, but maybe in a different form. Um, you don't need college to be successful. Uh, and at the same time, I don't think you can not be successful if you ended up going to college. And the, the, this, this, this idea about street smarts, about uh, hustle, about grind, you know, he, he embodied all of that because because he was here and, you know, with his wife, he grew up to like 11 stores and then sold it and then, you know, started the thing again. So like yeah. over and over and over again, he just, he just, he just kept having like figuring out this little formula, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat every time. 
And, um, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to talk to other people, like the guy that used to own Fado's before. It was called Florida Bakery. All Cuban guy, 80 years old, barely speaks in English. And I said, man, what's the secret to success? Tell me what it is, you know? How have you been doing it for the last 50 years? And he said, it's a, it's a PCD. It's perseverance, consistency, and dedication. If, if you can do those three over and over and over and over again, you know, people are going to notice. You know, hard work yeah. never goes unnoticed. I, I tell that to all my employees. Um, you, you, they might not tell you all the time, but, but everybody notices. Yeah, that's right on, man. PCD, yeah. PCD, PCD. PCD. <laughs> Let's do it. There you go. Drug. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But not a good to be confused. Drug. Good drug. Not to Get be confused with. Get yourself a cup with, of it. Yeah, at Blind right. Tiger Cafe. Not to be confused with CBD. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, when 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 is there going to be CBD coffee here at the Blind Tiger? You know. Um, I don't. Is that that's weed, right? Is weed? No. It's it's yeah, it's a cadavernoid. It, yeah, like, yeah. It's like one of the pieces of weed, <laughs> I guess. I don't know if it's still a Schedule One substance. No, yeah, it's legal. Better, yeah, CBD like, is legal. Yeah, CBD like in, in, in New York and Brooklyn, like all the coffee shops are like CBD coffee, CBD this, CBD that. It's like the thing now. So okay, yeah. I need to look into CBD. Now. Well, if you, if you add it, you know, know let us know. We'll come, <laughs> come and try it. You know. So, all right. Thanks a lot, Roberto. Thank you so much for your time. Thank we'll, you. Uh, Thank you. We'll Randy see you around Jason. the shop, yeah, of absolutely. course, as usual. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. This is exciting. Um, and yeah, we don't even get to talk about music, but. No, we don't. Well, we talk about music all the time. I want to talk about <laughs> you, man. We can have a part so, two sometime. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Okay, cool, definitely. Yeah, Let's yeah. do a part two. We'll just talk about it.